welcome to Couple of Vigits, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the television show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny, who isn't eating potato chips, thankfully. I cannot believe this. Right before we heat the mics up, you're just wandering around the living room, and I'm looking at you like, okay, are we going to record? And you actually said to me I was thinking about getting some potato chips. Yes, I was, but then I realized, no, that would be bad to be munching potato chips while trying to talk into a microphone to you good people. Well, I know we're not the most professional organization in the world, but man, eating anything while recording a podcast is a no-no, let alone something big and crunchy. Okay, so I'm sorry, I had to bring that up. Not to call you out or anything. It was just right. kind of an odd beginning to this episode. All right. So how are you doing besides that? You hungry? Is that the problem? Yeah, Low I'm blood a sugar? Hungry. Yes, but I'll survive until dinner time. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's good. It's only a couple hours away. That's you'll, true. You'll survive, little boy, little girl, <laughs> little, boy. little whoever you are. <laughs> I don't know. When I think of some kid whining for a snack in the afternoon, I always just think of boys. Because when you were a little boy, you whined for snacks in the afternoon? No, I was a latchkey kid. I went and got my snacks in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew how to uh, get cookies out of the cookie jar and then refluff the ones at the bottom to keep the level at the same amount. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So uh, the name of this episode, we're talking about season four, episode eight, Wishful Thinking. And I just wanted to bring something up before we get into it. This is yet a li- another lighthearted episode, but this is like the third one in the row now, where normally the series kind of bounces back and forth between serious episodes and lighthearted episodes. We've now hit three lighthearted ones in a row since the black and white one, right? Let me see. Because uh, we had black and white, we had Halloween, and then I figured after Halloween they'd follow it up with a more serious toned one, but not yeah, at all. Yeah, monster movies, a black and white one, then Yellow Fever, where... Dean got ghost sickness, and then, yeah, the last one was, it's the Great Pumpkin Sam Winchester, so. Oh, so even there, this is the fourth, then, lighthearted one. Pretty much. I think Yellow Fever was lighthearted, just because it put, we saw Dean in a situation we don't normally see Dean in, so I think that exploration of character when he's afraid and not his normal bravado. Exactly. Is, uh, it's funny for the watcher, so. Exactly. So, yeah, this is the fourth one um, in a row that's pretty lighthearted. And we've got a dog with an issue. Yeah, what was her problem? Oh, uh, Listeners, our dog just walked into the living room and then made like she was going to slide out on all fours. She recovered. Now is walking in circles looking at the floor like we swapped it out for ice when she wasn't looking. <laughs> okay, back up to the safety of the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Not on the slippery wood floor. Okay. We oh. get dis- oh, we get distracted so easily. <laughs> but now How many been- listeners are like, this would be a great show if they'd stop talking about their damn dogs all the time? <laughs> okay. Enough of that. But this is, uh, this is another lighthearted one. What was before the black and white one? Oh. Monster <laughs> movie. Metamorphosis. It's where um, it had Ruby and their Travis the Hunter. Um, yeah. Find that one... I can't remember. Yeah, and that was a very serious episode. And I mean, I believe that one was the one that really was in a great integral to the ongoing story arc. Yes, it was. As well. So, wow, they, they hit us hard with that one. And I think that's actually the one that I said, wow, I am 
in. This thing has totally sold me. It was somewhere around there. I was like blown away by the new direction that I felt season three was taken. But no, it's just like every other season now, except even maybe more lighthearted than previous ones. This is season four, not season three. Season four. That's what I meant. But it, it you know, it gets there. It gets there. So the next one. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I guess everyone uh, will be talking about wishful thinking today, which was a pretty funny episode. Uh, the recap, it involves Dean coming out of hell. Dean doesn't remember. Some things happen. And then uh, Sam asks Dean if he remembers and says no. And then that angel like tipped off Sam that, hey, go and ask Dean what he remembers. So we know that he's lying. That's the recap. Is basically, does Dean remember? Does Dean not remember? Yes, I put the yeah, Castile, Dean, Hell, then Uriel telling Sam, you know, ask Dean what he yeah. remembers. Episode starts out, we see a lady in the shower washing her hair. Oh my God, too, that shower was a nice big tile shower. Big enough to fit a film crew into besides <laughs> that lady. It was a man. And then come to find out it's at a health club. Let me tell you, health club showers are not that big and not that nice. No, they're not. They're not. That was some high-end health club, if that was the case. So... Someone, uh, though, kind of sneaks up behind. We see in the glass uh, a young man or some sort of shadowy figure. She turns around and he vanishes. The lady climbs out of the shower. Nice big glass doors on it and starts to dry off. We see kind of a must be a ghost hand sort of wiping away the uh, fog on the window. And then we see a set of wet footprints going across the floor. Uh, the lady thinks she hears something and calls out hello but no response so she goes back about drying her hair she tosses the towel aside and it lands on what can only be described as an invisible person's head because it's same as head height and it just looks like he draped it over the invisible man right you can definitely tell it's uh something that's invisible in the shape of a person anyway and uh then you hear kind of a teenage voice go Hello, Mrs. Armstrong. <laughs> and the beginning of the episode. Yes. <laughs> so right away, I'm not scared because we know, I mean, right away, we're tipped off that this is some goof with that squeak voice. Yes, you know, it's not your typical, you know, plus there's no um, electricity issues no cold air issues. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there was none of the other normal demonic stuff. So it was just immediately with the episode called Wishful Thinking, and now looks like there's an invisible teenage boy, and that's always been the gag is, <laughs> I wish I was invisible so I could look at the girls' locker room. <laughs> just about the dumbest wish ever. Uh, so right away, we, we know this is going to be lighthearted. Exactly. Next, we see the guys, they're at a restaurant, and this restaurant is straight out of office space. It looks the same. It's got an annoying waiter with a bunch of pins on his, <laughs> on his suspenders, or buttons on his suspenders, and he's pitching food with dumb, wacky names to it. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam is asking uh, Dean if he remembers anything. Dean denies knowing anything. The annoying waiter comes back. Ask them if they if they're interested in the ice cream extreme. So they really hit it over the head that someone was a fan of Office Space to bring this guy into it. It's not the same actor, no, but it's, it's the exact same, same character. It's a, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, he's got all his pins and everything on his suspenders that light and blink and all that stuff. Um, 
Yeah, Sam and Dean, when they're in the diner, they're basically talking about what dicks the angels were because, you know, as Dan mentioned, Dean's like, well, I don't know what Uriel was talking about. I don't remember anything from hell. So, yeah. Dean asks Sam then uh, if he has any leads on cases. There's nothing much going around except the normal UFO kooks and whatnot. But there is a ghost haunting that's happening in a shower at a health club. Dean quickly grabs a wad of cash, tosses it on the table, and says, Women, showers, we need to save these people. <laughs> this is definitely a case that Dean wants to look into. Yeah, so you mentioned women showers, naked women. He is there. Uh, we see them driving into a new town. Uh, Sam is then sitting in a Chinese restaurant talking to a lady about her encounter. That was the lady from the very beginning, right? Right, that was the, the, the Mrs. Armstrong from the yep. shower. Um, Sam's backstory here is a new one. He says that he's writing a book called Supernatural and going across country, uh, taking down people's accounts. So self-referential of their own TV show name. Exactly. Which was, I don't know, I thought it was cute. <laughs> I kind of like that. I like it when uh, writers wink at the audience. The lady's telling her story and that said that the ghost was calling out, Miss Armstrong, Miss Armstrong. And that's when she fell down the stairs. Uh, I guess in the newspaper it reported that she was pushed. Right. But at this point, she, Sam asked for some follow-up. She really didn't know if she was pushed or if she just fell. So probably just fell. And then she reveals that something weird really happened. The ghost helped her up and said, please don't tell my mom. <laughs> so at this point, we definitely know that it was some kid. Yep. Probably. So we see Sam go up to the house, uh, or a house. Dean's outside on the stoop. Seems like he was just in the house checking it out. Reports that there was no EMF. Nothing strange in about the shower or anywhere else. Well, it wasn't the house. It was the health club. Oh, the health club. Well, yeah. it looked like a house from the outside. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not the not the best uh, set design because I was a bit confused that we were even talking about a health club because at the beginning I thought it was someone's house and then he's sitting in front of a house. But the story is health club, so that's what there I'm going There was even by. a sign out front saying what it was, that it was a health club. Oh, so, well, yeah. it's a pretty small town. <laughs> Well, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't like your it wasn't like um, your typical chain, twenty um, four hour fitness or something like that. It was just, yeah, your local private owner little health club. All right, because you see those all the time. <laughs> well, you do in small towns. I'm sure there's a small health club in in Edgerton too. With the you know, we just don't know where it is, okay. but I'm sure it's there. <laughs> <laughs> You've got friends that do yoga on the beach. Come on. All right, well, uh, Dean uh, didn't find anything. Some kids go running past, and then Dean yells, run, Forrest, run. I just want to say that that phrase is the worst thing that, to happen to running <laughs> ever. That is the dumbest phrase. Don't yell it at people running. It's not funny. It's, it's rabbit ears behind someone when there's a photo being taken. It's the world's oldest, dumbest joke, and nobody appreciates it. They actually just think you're a dumbass. I think it's funny. <laughs> all right well i can just tell you uh i know some runners and they tell me that at least once a day, night when they're out running they'll hear someone yell that and it just makes the people that do it look stupid because everyone well says yeah it. i mean you're not gonna i wouldn't do that to someone just exercising and running and but in this case here you got one kid running from a bunch of other kids because really and you know in forrest gump 
He was running from bullies. Whatever. <laughs> Don't yell run forest run at anyone running ever again. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Sam and Dean come across a guy yelling uh, to the cops about a Bigfoot sighting. Uh, the boys then uh, wander up and present themselves as FBI to get some more info. We don't really see any of that conversation, though. The next thing we see is Sam and Dean. They're in the woods, confused about the whole town, uh, trying to figure out what's going on, and they come across some Bigfoot tracks, great big paw prints. <laughs> the boys follow the tracks to a liquor store, and someone is busted into, and they got after the amaretto and Irish cream, which was interesting because... Once again, then I'm like, oh, probably the, probably the teenage kid broke into it because kids drink amaretto and Irish cream. Yes, that's true. That's not a, you know, a t your typical man is not going to grab those. No. I shouldn't, you know, amaretto, that's something I would grab. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Fez said on that 70s show, mm, liquid candy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, those are, yeah, those are weird girly drinks to or, or teenage drinks to grab, but whatever. Well, even the quote here, Dean says that he's a girl drink drunk. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm glad they called it out. It wasn't just me <laughs> no. being sexist. Sam notices then that the porno rack is empty. There's like everything except one magazine. I didn't notice what magazine was still there, but there was only one lone magazine tipped sideways. Yep, there's only one, so they think that they're dealing with an alcoholic Porno addicted Bigfoot or something like that. Well, there's a huge chunk of fur left behind. That's true. Uh, by the way, we never see or hear about this fur again, other than they saw fur. Uh, Dean, at this point, also in the background, Penny, you notice this, he steals a bottle of booze. Yeah, he sticks a bottle of booze in a, you know, his jacket pocket. It does come up later, though. Sam and Dean, uh, they sit down outside to think about what's going on. It, this scene is very funny because there's little, very little dialogue. It's mostly just them with a confused, pondering look on their face, kind of slowly tipping their heads back and forth, trying to drum up ideas. But they are pretty much stumped at this point. A little girl goes riding by with a big rack of, or a bicycle. And she's got um, like an old milk crate or something mounted to the front. And in there, she's got a box of porno and booze. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like one of those uh, plastic milk crates, like when they transport milk to the store. Yeah, it was one of those yellow ones somehow mounted to her handlebars. And her yeah, bicycle. she had a cardboard box of um, porno and booze. And as she goes by, a copy of Busty Asian Beauties falls out. <laughs> So they didn't. They thought she was a little young to be reading that. Uh, we see that we see the girl. Then she goes and drops off the box of booze and porn, and with a note in it that says "Sorry." I don't know exactly where she dropped that box off at, but somewhere around there. Yes, I didn't really catch where she dropped it off either. She must have known where the owner of the liquor store lived or something. Oh, could be. That well. Could be. We're going to need some money then to repair all the damage, too, because the back door is wide open and now people are just in there stealing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exhibit 1, Dean Winchester. <laughs> well, the boys go driving around and they find the bike that the little girl was riding and parked in front of a house. So they go up to the house. They knock on the door. little girl comes out. Sam asks for the parents, but they're not home. Uh, Dean asks about a furry guy. 
thinking that it might she might know something about this Bigfoot situation. And the little girl is all into it. She's not shy and says, yeah, of course. He's her teddy bear, but she thinks he's sick. And not like sick, sick, but sick in the head, I think she even says at this point. Yes. Um, Dean says, hey, you know, stroke of luck here. We're teddy bear doctors. <laughs> Can we go up and take a look at him? <laughs> and at this point, I'm, I'm just thinking that they're going to go up and see some weird Bigfoot that's living with this little girl. <laughs> um, also, during this conversation, then, uh, Sam and Dean asked the girl, like, where are your parents at? And says, well, my mom wished to go to Bali, so they're probably in Bali right now. <laughs> like, where else would it, should they be? Yeah, exactly. So Dean goes, Dean, Sam and Dean go upstairs. Uh, Dean peeks in on that little room, and uh, sure enough, there's a giant teddy bear, just a big life-size teddy bear. He's super depressed and crying because all he's there for is tea parties, because he asks like, the little girl, like, what am I here for? She's like, tea parties. <laughs> like, oh, isn't there more to life? Yes, he was having, well, he was watching the news, so he was depressed, and he's having a very um, hard time of being real, I guess. So, yeah, once I saw that, okay, they're doing a real-life teddy bear act here, then I thought, hmm, is this where What's-His-Face got the idea for the movie Ted? The guy that did Family Guy, what's his name? Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, um, it, did Seth MacFarlane see this episode and get the idea of what would it be like to have a real-life teddy bear? No, I'm sure that was some idea he's had for a long time, I don't think. All right, well, it was just so close. Yes. It's just like, come on. Except I mean, for the teddy bear and Ted, he's more snarky than having a... Yeah, I mean, and it's a different size and everything, but still the idea. Exactly. I've never heard of, like, a real-life teddy bear story before Ted or... It would have been before this, if I saw this in chronological order. Right. Uh, the girl, you know, then like outside in the hall, the girl says like, yeah, I wished for him to join me, you know, be my teddy bear and join me at tea parties. Dean goes back in to check out the teddy bear some more. And yeah, this is where we learn that he is just super depressed. <laughs> uh, so it seems like because this little girl wished for a teddy bear and the folks are gone and they must be in Bali. They're like, there must be a wishing well nearby that's actually paying out. Right. So they did ask the girl um, where she made this wish. And so she told them. And it was that same Asian restaurant where Sam was interviewing Mrs. Armstrong after her alleged ghost episode or incident, I should say. Well, the boys then go to what I thought looked like a kid's pizza parlor at first because I thought that there was like some video games and stuff in the background. It looked like some, I, I don't know. It looked like a, a showbiz pizza or a Chuck E. Cheese's. It's not, but I'm just saying that when I watched this, that's where I thought that they were at. Yeah, they find a wishing well. Uh, Dean tries it. He flips a dime in. And uh, Sam asks, okay, what'd you wish for? And Dean's like, well, if I tell you, it doesn't work. And then within three seconds, a delivery man shows up with a foot-long Italian sub with jalapenos. <laughs> so a very specific order shows right up. And then, you know, the delivery driver's like, whose is it? And Dean raises his hand, mine. Well, then we see Sam and Dean are sitting at the Chinese restaurant, the same Chinese restaurant in this town that 
Sam was at before. Exactly. So that's where the Wishing Well is, the Chinese restaurant, not a kid's showbiz pizza. <laughs> or a Chuck E. Cheese, depending on whatever part of the country you're in that had these things. Uh, the owner comes over, starts giving uh, Dean a hassle about eating outside food. He's like, well, I wouldn't be eating the inside food. And the boys pose as health inspectors and start to scare that pants off of this guy to basically let them now get away with whatever they want. Yes, exactly. So we see the boys investigating the wishing fountain. And then this is in my notes. I'm like, oh, this is all the same place. So I was thinking that they were driving all over town to different restaurants for a minute. Well, they go to investigate the wishing fountain. At first, they find nothing. The boys discuss uh, what they want to wish for a little bit. Then Dean, uh, while they're having that conversation, Dean spots an old coin in the bottom. And it doesn't move when he goes to pick at it. Boys leave. They come back with hammers and chisels, start pounding away at it, and their tools break. The owner doesn't like any of this whatsoever, though. But Sam tells him, hey, we're going to slap a fine, (laughs) some different fine on you if you don't let us wreck your, possibly wreck your wishing well. And the guy just wanders off in the background and looks at them oddly through the rest of this Mm -hmm. boys go back to trying to get the coin out it just simply doesn't move but sam takes a rubbing of the coin you know where you take the piece of paper and a pencil over the top and then sam says something just occurred to me and he like runs out the door without telling dean what's going on yes and you didn't mention that when they were talking about um because dean asked sam what he would wish for and he says yeah you probably want to wish for you to be this big uh, Ivy League lawyer, picket fence, and Sam's like, no, nah, it's too late to go back to our old lives. I That's not something I'd wish for right now. But he, yeah, they can't, They couldn't get that, that coin to move, and you're right, Sam does get this idea. He doesn't tell Dean what it is, just goes running out. Yeah, which is interesting, because wasn't that the premise of season one, is that uh, basically Sam's going to be long for a short time to help Dean out, and then he was going to go back to his regular life once they dealt with the yellow-eyed demon? Yes, but I think that was uh, before John died. Okay. That yeah. was their plan, but then, you know, all this. and Well, plus, that was also before Jess died. You know, say, so like, yeah, I'll come help you, but then I'm coming back. But then after Jess died, he's like, I have nothing to come back to. Right. You know. Okay, well, back in the showers, we see a different lady uh, getting out. And all of a sudden, Sam walks in and grabs a, the teen kid by the shoulder. And this teenage red-haired boy just reappears and sam gives him a hell of a talking to (laughs) like basically aren't you ashamed of yourself yeah really you wish to become invisible so you could spy on women in their shower in the shower (laughs) uh dean spots then the uh, little kid getting chased earlier dean spots the little kid now chasing the larger boys the little boy spots Dean and asks him if he's got a problem. And then once again, we get that great face from Dean of like, oh, geez, you're weird. <laughs> Spooked. And it's the same face that he gave the astronaut boy. Yeah. <laughs> Dean gives that face a lot. It's kind of like when he's confronted with something that confuses him a little bit. Or he doesn't, not confuses him, but doesn't quite know what to make of it. Well, from now on, I'm going to try to remember to call that Dean's little kid scare him face. <laughs> Dean's when little kids scare him face, when little kids spook him face, because it's always the same. 
Okay, well then, we see Sam showing up at the hotel room, but there's some noises coming from the bathroom. Dean is obviously violently ill (laughs) from the sandwich. Dean has information, though. I guess he was able to do some research before puking his guts out. Uh, that the coin is from Babylonia, it is cursed, and the wishes, they turn bad. When someone tosses that coin into a well, it turns on the well into an actual wishing well. The idea of all this, though, is that like, if just one person makes a wish and it kind of turns out is a bum wish, it's just kind of trouble for that one guy. But the marking on this coin was Tiamat, the god of chaos. So the idea is that a whole bunch of people are going to come, make a bunch of wishes. They're going to turn out bad for them, and it's going to create chaos on Earth. It, once word gets out that this wishing well actually works, then mania will just happen in the whole area. Exactly. And you can kind of see that's what happened when that little girl wished that her teddy bear was alive. Sure, he was alive, but he was extremely depressed, kind of <laughs> like Eeyore. Um, there's something else I was going to mention too. Oh, this kind of hep- episode kind of had, when you mentioned the chaos, had a trickster feel to it. It was almost like you thought maybe the trickster's behind all of this, but he wasn't. Mm. Never entered my mind, but oh, really? I can see where that would happen. Speaking of the teddy bear, we go back to Teddy here. He's in the room with a shotgun in his mouth. And he tries to kill himself. All we see, though, is a bunch of, like, stuffing go poof out behind him. And then the teddy bear just screams, oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, the teddy bear is still alive and can't kill himself. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a laugh out loud moment. It really is. Dean but, gets up. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I say, but then uh, we both kind of have a strange sense of humor, so. All right. Well, we see Dean getting up from a nap or his sleep or something. I I assume nap since Sam's like wide awake at his laptop doing research. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as soon as he wakes up, he pulls that bottle out that he stole earlier. It's now halfway gone and starts drinking. That's when it seems like Sam has had enough of Dean covering up because he calls him out on his, his constant working, his drinking, his basically avoiding his personal problems and covering up his hell experience. Dean just tells him, Hey, I don't want therapy. I just want to work. I just want to get over it. Move on. Forget about it. Sam, basically. Mm -hmm. Sam, I guess gets the message and goes over a list of things that people that they know about that people have wished for in town. The earliest thing they could spot though. And it was lucky that the newspaper recorded it was the uh, engagement of a guy and a girl. And by the way, uh, that's something I forgot to mention is when they were in the restaurant earlier, there was some guy and a chick just making out like savages in the middle of the Chinese restaurant. Right. That was when uh, Sam was questioning the, when they first got into town, questioning the lady about the ghost she saw. Um, That's when, yeah, Sam notices like, oh, jeez. So, yeah, now we see a newspaper clipping that they're actually engaged a month earlier. So that's probably the earliest that they know of. So, as always, they're tracking down the trail. We switch to uh, this couple at their house. And she comes out of the kitchen like, oh, honey, I made you a snack. And it's just this huge chicken dinner (laughs) served on a platter, (laughs) like for a king. Uh, The guy then asks, like, hey, are you happy? And she doesn't respond at all if she's happy or not. She just goes on about how she loves him. 
love you more than anything. And she said. but he like it's like you should do things that make you happy. At this point, she's like super confused, flips out. She gets really weird that thinking that he's angry at her just turns super awkward. Like men are from Mars, women are from Venus situation. Right then, though, the doorbell rings. Uh, the girl goes and gets it, and Sam and Dean come in. So the guy's name is Wes, and the girlfriend or the fiance's name is Hope. And they come in, and they basically bust Wes. He's a coin collector. There's coins on the wall. All of this is being caused by a coin, so it seems pretty obvious. They ask him if he's lost one or he's tossed one into a fountain lately. This uh, Hope, she comes back down thinking that these two are florists. I guess that's what they told him when they walked in the door. Yes. So she comes back with these huge books <laughs> with florist ideas for their wedding. Uh, Dean asks them how they met, and she says, oh, a month ago. Uh, I didn't even know, you know, he's lived in town all of his life. I've lived in this town all my life. And just one day I saw him and he was just glowing. And then at that point, they just start making out in front of Sam and Dean until she eventually leaves. That makeout session goes on for like 30 seconds. Yeah, well, you could tell he was trying to get out of it. He was very uncomfortable with it. And he finally does have to, you know, could you please get us some coffee? And, and uh, that way she does leave the room. Well, uh, but, but he mentioned though that he got his those coins from his grandfather who passed away. I've not gotten to that yet. Yeah. You're skipping ahead. All right. So she leaves, and now it's obvious that there's a some some funny business here. Uh, you know, just making out like that in front of strangers. And so Sam says, "Look, we know what's going on. Tell the truth." This is when West tells the story about his grant, how his grandpa brought it back from World War II. Sam says that he's going to uh, he's going to have to go wish it out of the fountain. Dean pulls the gun and says, "Yep, you're coming with me." <laughs> now, is there more to that backstory about the coin other than Grandpa brought it back from World War II? No. Um, the only thing I didn't mention is when Sam and Dean were still in the hotel. Um, Dean or Sam said, "The only way we can get this to stop is to find the first person who made the first wish with this coin." Because they're the one that's going to have to remove it. And then that's when they brought it. Dean says, oh, I thought, figured it out, brought out the paper showing this engagement announcement. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they knew that Wes would be able to go pick it up then. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Uh, so Dean pulls a gun on him and was like, no, you should definitely come with me. Uh, <laughs> then we see that guy in the back seat, Wes in the back seat of Baby. And uh, in the car then, Sam and Dean are trying to talk some sense into Wes about these wishes. While driving along then, there's a big thump, like they ran over roadkill. They don't see anything. And then we see the invisible kid get up. So what, is it, he's invisible and, like, squish-proof? Well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't, like, run over and run over him. But definitely, that's where his wish went bad, because he was invisible. He couldn't be seen and therefore got hit by a car. Oh. Otherwise, what was the downside Otherwise, they didn't really Yeah, I don't know. Him. We're never going to see this kid again either. That no. would have made sense if, like, in the future, we'd have seen him in a, you know, in a body cast or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we never do see this kid no, again, that's, right? That's, that's the last it. time we see yeah, him. Yeah, we just that's... see this kid get up and go, oh, that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd. Kripke owes some answers here. <laughs> Back inside the car, they're still trying to talk to Wes. They pull into town, and that little... 
bully kid that we seen earlier getting chased and then chasing well now all the kids he was chasing have are hidden in an suv and the little bully kid picks up the side of the suv and rolls it onto its side <laughs> like superman and then he he puts his arms up yells at the heavens kneel before todd which is fantastic fantastic joke number two the first one was the teddy bear blowing his brains out and then kneel before todd if you don't know the uh, superman uh two i think it is the big uh, slogan was kneel before zod when the bad guys broke loose of whatever (laughs) wacky floating prison thing put him in um yeah so kneel before todd it was just fantastic i was uproariously laughing (laughs) So then Dean goes to try and talk to Todd. Todd admits he was picked on. Dean starts talking again, but then Todd just socks him in the face and knocks him into some garbage. So really there's no not much talking to Todd, it seems, <laughs> with his newfound powers. Sam and Wes are talking as they're walking into the Chinese restaurant. And a little small cloud pops out of nowhere and lightning strikes Sam and his shoes fall off. Yeah, next him out of his shoes, Sam is dead. <laughs> Dean is still trying to fight Todd, but losing. <laughs> Back to Wes, he goes into the restaurant and he finds Hope, his girl, inside. He confronts her on it and she admits that I wish, you know, she wished Sam dead because he's going to break them up. So now we see Wes has now realized, oh, this is where my wish has gone bad. I'm dating a psychopath that's going to kill people around us. Wes and the girl talks a little bit, but then Wes reaches in and pulls the coin up. Little kid loses his power, so he obviously loses the fight against Dean. Sam wakes up. Um, Then back to Dean. Dean's helping Todd save face with his bully kids because now Todd's kind of freaked out. Oh, no, my powers are gone. I'm going to get my ass whooped again. But Dean kind of helps him out, save face. Back at Hope and Wes in the Chinese restaurant, Hope looks around. She has no idea who Wes is and is totally confused by why she's there. (laughs) Hope wanders out of the restaurant, just passing by Sam, who's standing up putting his shoes on, I think. (laughs) Wes comes out, gives the coin to Sam. Wes looks sad, but you can also, in that sadness, though, you can see in his face that he did what was right. Oh, exactly. He knew that even though... um, Hope was no longer with him. He knew that he did the right thing. Because he also made a comment about, oh, did you see that little kid just knocked, you know, tipped that car over all by himself? So he knew that um, stuff was going on in the town that just wasn't. Yeah, but I think he was still pretty like, well, that's weird, but I still, you know, having this hot chick engaged to me is pretty cool too. But it wasn't until she was like out to murder someone, then he's probably like, "Uh uh-oh. Exactly. (laughs) This isn't going to play long term. Go to, we go to the final commercial when we come back. There's a newspaper headline that says a lottery ticket <laughs> winner. The lottery ticket was fake. We see the little girl and her parents who are severely sunburned <laughs> with like they they have the eyeglass, you know, that raccoon look. <laughs> also, what's funny is that the teddy bear, it's now normal size, but it's got a patch in it, like a patched up, just some tape across the back of its head where the gunshot wound is. <laughs> uh i don't know where sam and dean are if they're in the car in the hotel or where they're at but no they're kind of they're kind of 
outside. They're oh, yeah, yeah. They're just standing on the dock. On the dock. Yeah, with the, the, this little girl, Audrey, and her yep. parents were walking by. Yeah, a lot of people walking around this dock. <laughs> they must have just got took a boat back from Bali. I don't know. Dean says that, hey, all the wishes are gone, and so are we. Dean stops Sam and says, you're right. I remember everything that happened in the pit. Sam asks for him to tell him about it, talk to him about it. And Dean says, nope, I don't want to lie, but I don't want to talk about it. Things I saw were so horrific that there's no words. I just cannot tell you about it. The end. Anything I missed? No, I'm just kind of reading the, the quotes, but you got it right. He says, the things I saw, there aren't words. There's no forgetting. There's no making it better. Because, all right, here, and he points to his head. Um, he says, it's there forever. You wouldn't understand. I could never make you or basically anyone understand what he saw and what he experienced while he was in hell. Um, because remember, he was there for four months, but I can't remember who made the comment that four months up here for us was like 40 years in hell. So even though it was only four months to us, he was there for a long time. So I'm sure he saw and experienced a lot of horrible stuff. Well, if he lived another 40 years someplace, it's pretty nice that he got all of his memory back instantaneously when he crawled back out of the ground. I got to tell you, I think I'd have forgotten some names and phone numbers by then. Well, yes, but no. That's not how it works. Well, I like the Picard episode. Do you think when Picard got sucked in and he lived an entire life on that one alien planet, that when he came back to the ship, the the enterprise like he just got done like living another 50 years someplace else when he wakes up he's not going to have all of his memories it's they're all going to be floated away 50 years ago no when he woke up on the enterprise he he knew who everyone was and knew what everything was he didn't forget anything i think he was a bit confused i'm sure at first he was a little oh shut up anyway that's it for this episode because <laughs> you love when i tell my husband oh just shut up yeah, it's, it's, when you're losing an argument, that's the way to go out. We will watch that episode, and I'll prove myself correct. You're going to see the end of that Picard episode. He's just wandering around going, who the hell are you people? Get the hell out of my house. Right, right. And who changed the curtains? What's right. this big TV doing here? Right, exactly. That's exactly how it happened. Dude, use some Stridex. Your forehead's all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> you dude over there get some sun yeah what's with the shiny guy <laughs> get him out in the sun we're in space why are you wearing sunglasses <laughs> you know who wears sunglasses in space blind people and douchebags that's exactly the quote <laughs> yeah uh, so anything else about this episode it was so lighthearted, and, and I mean this this problem I the episode was fun. I liked it, but it fell into that old trap of let's talk about a little bit about the long-term story arc at the beginning, and let's talk about a little bit at the end, and that's about it. None of the episode has anything to do with it. Other than, did Sam keep that coin, or did he say at that ending that he disposed of it somehow? He said he had it melted down. Ah, wouldn't you always keep that thing handy? No. More trouble than it's worth. I did forget. Sam finally did admit what he'd wish for. He said he wished he would wish for Lil's head on a platter. Yeah, I, I remember that. It wasn't that interesting. That's no. why I didn't write it down in my notes. No, I didn't write it down either. But I just remembered. You know, he said he wouldn't wish for his old life back, but that is what he would wish for: is Lil's head on a platter. So, 
there is that. So if you could wish for anything, then it wouldn't turn bad like this, because obviously then nothing works. If you could wish for have any sort of like little superpower, what's what's your superpower? There's only one right answer to this, and I want you to. <laughs> And that's what I think it is. But what would you wish for? I don't think I would wish for superpower. I. Uh, what? Why? What? What? What is the answer? What? What do you think is the correct answer? Well, it's either the Zach Morris superpower of stopping time, mm-hmm. and nobody ever notices, or just simply like an instant replay of you can just go back an hour. And just replay the last hour. There's so many things in my life I think to myself, like, shoot, if I could go back one hour, I could totally fix this. Hmm. There is that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what I would wish for, honestly. And for everyone out there yelling, that's the movie Click. No, Click, the guy's got a remote control and he can skip forward. And he ends up basically skipping past his whole life and regretting it. I want to go back and repeat things. <laughs> You know, you make a clunky joke in a meeting. Wouldn't it be nice to have something in your pocket? Just be like, all right, rewind five minutes and don't say that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Um, Yeah, I just think something like that would be perfect. Even if it was five minutes. Even if you only had a five-minute window. I can think of so many times in my life I'd be like, oh, snap. (laughs) Let's go back. I don't need to drive in my car right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course, <laughs> those are three of the things I would use it for immediately. <laughs> and then I'm sure I could think of a slew of other just times I put my foot in my mouth that I would uh, play that on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I actually, I think those are the right answers. The stopping time, Zach Morris, or the rewind uh, because anything else, you're just going to get found out. It's just going to be more trouble than it's worth. You fly, well, what are you going to do? You're just going to start flying around and seeing crap you haven't seen before without anyone and be all bored and alone? <laughs> that sounds like it sucks. You're invisible. All you're going to do is eventually everyone's going to fear that you're looking at them and you're going to have a bunch of people just throwing flour in the air around them. Um I don't know. You watch the boys. Don't people freak out that there's wacko bad superheroes in there and they're all protecting themselves and scared? Yes. I say you could end up like translucent in how he died. Um, If you haven't watched the boys, I won't spoil it for you. Um, Or yes, everyone is terrified of Homelander. Think of evil Superman. Homelander has pretty much all the exact powers that Superman has. Only the guy is psycho. Yeah, the guy's a head case. Just think of, you know, if he got, he decided he was sick of you and lasered your head off or whatever with his laser vision. Yeah, what a bizarre show. I'm, I know you I like it, it, but... I love it, I love it. Man. So that's about it. Uh, listeners, you know, what, is, what would your, what, what, what wish would you wish for? Of course, you know, now if you have the caveat of it turns bad, well, then it's the butterfly effect. So, you know, I I rewind five minutes and then something even worse happens. You exactly. Know. Instead of getting in my car and being pulled over, I'm just stabbed by a mugger and die <laughs> and then can't redo anything. You know, it's very possible. If you were to write a movie, that's exactly what you would have happen. Is yeah, yeah. It would never pan out as good as you thought it would. And actually, that first one was probably the best option. Unfortunately, yes. I mean, that is the, that is the, that's the plot of the movie Butterfly Effect, right? Yeah, he kept crying, trying to correct things and did just make him worse. 
Yeah, and every time it just got worse and worse until like he eventually just wakes up with no arms and no legs at one point for whatever reason. You gotta go back and watch that movie. I can't believe that there are sequels to that thing too. Ashton Kutcher, what a mystery. Wrapped in an enigma of corn from Iowa. <laughs> Why are you just looking at me like I'm nuts? I did not know there were sequels to the butterfly effect. Oh yeah. I don't know what they could possibly be. I don't know. Maybe eventually it causes a hurricane somewhere. <laughs> and they knock it off with the, the time travel nonsense. It's just a bunch of people catching butterflies in Japan. we got to protect the East Coast of the USA. The East Coast? Well, that's the whole thing. Is A butterfly flaps its wings in one part of the world and eventually it causes a hurricane someplace else. Right. Well, science determines in Japan, April 20th, 2002, the great butterfly mi migration is going to whip up the mother of all storms on the East Coast. So it's just a whole man out, full bore mission. Capture all the butterflies. Right, right. And they just never can. That's the whole point. <laughs> they keep going back out and there's still more butterflies. This is all a great movie that has never been made. Yeah, I can see why it's never been made. <laughs> Anything else you want to add to this, or can I just keep going on for another 30 minutes? No, I'd really um, like to just end this now while you're behind. What's the next episode? I know what you did last summer. Okay. I mean, obviously it's a play on the movie by the same name. I'm not going to say. Right. Well, that's my assumption right now. Well, you assume all you want, but you know what they say about assuming. Makes an ass out of you and me. Makes an ass out of you? <laughs> yes, it does make an ass out of you. <laughs> okay, let's end this before I just walk out on you. <laughs> Listeners, just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and say hi. We also have a fabulous website called coupleofidgets.com. Over there, you can listen to every single episode as well as find links and information on how to subscribe to the show on your podcast player your phone so you can get the fresh up episode every day otherwise i think that's about oh we stream on all the major platforms blah 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 yeah. comment on episodes i don't know i say this stuff every day go and listen to another episode if you want <laughs> more <laughs> tightly synopsis. that's it from us we'll talk to you tomorrow all right everyone have a good night bye bye